they were struggling to get to success at the beginning fast forward five years they're on top of the world but there's still that level of uncertainty there's nothing that's telling them oh i precisely did this one two three things and boom i was successful it shows that they don't take it for granted that they're somehow the most amazing the best singers okay disclaimer to armies watching do not kill me this is not meaning that they're just boiled down to a few adjectives i know how you all get mm. Let's edit this part. <laughs> Please don't comfort me. From Moss Media, this is Tell Me Something I Should Know with your host, Pat Vera. Welcome to another episode of Tell Me Something I Should Know, the show where I tell you something I think you should know. Whether you should or not, I will let you be the judge. Today, I have a very, very special guest. I have my friend Yuwa, who is really into K-pop. Actually, I heard about BTS for the first time <laughs> from this girl right here. Just to give you, Yuwa, a little bit of context of how this interview is gonna go, I'm gonna kind of talk to you about like what your relationship is to you know K-pop in general, how you got into it, and then we're gonna talk about like your favorite bands, about BTS, about all things K-pop related. Before I get started, please consider subscribe to this podcast. Be sure to review and give it five stars so we have more people joining this community. Yuwa, how are you doing? Hi, hey Pat. <laughs> Thank you for that very sweet introduction, and also for telling everyone that I made you like BTS. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got into K-pop, kind of like the timeline. Yeah, my interest in it was also from a friend. So I was introduced to it by a good friend of mine from college in around, I would say around 2015, 2016. Her actual interest was more like K-R&B, K-Hip-Hop. I had an intro from Zion T, Zico, Dean, who I really liked. And so I was like, oh, this sound is interesting. It's a bit, it's fresh, it's new. It's something that I want to explore more. And in general, I do like pop music. So I decided to venture out a little bit more, not just into the R&B scene and hip hop scene and in um, the Korean music world, but into pop. BTS was actually one of the first groups that I got into just because they have a lot of content from a fan interaction perspective. So on YouTube, it wasn't just their music videos up, it was their BTS run episodes, which is like their fun game episode. They also had like an American hip hop. It's in the past and a little cringeworthy, but they had an American hip hop like TV show where they went to the US to get more connected with hip hop culture. And I, I thought that was really great. It was an attempt to be, I would say, more authentic. And so I really liked them from the get go because it was an easy transition to, oh, this group is really trying to understand hip hop from the roots. Mm -hmm. And that made me more interested in learning about their own music and their own style that they brought to sort of the hip hop scene. Can you just like describe to me in three words what K-pop <laughs> is? Because like a lot of the people actually say that K-pop is more than just its music. I'm gonna get a little businessy, but I would say K-pop in itself in three words is highly curated to a fan base and that differs from western pop because i think it's more artist-centric and i think people will dispute whether this is good or bad but k-pop is very fan base centric so there's a very deliberate attempt from the get-go to craft a group that has an appeal to a certain demographic from their colors to their names to the types of interactions or the 
I would say like concept they're going with. So it's very much marketing driven and curated to the fans. The second thing I would say is this might anger some K-pop fans, but it is um, well produced. It's assembly line. There is a very strict training period and understanding fundamentals. I think the emphasis on raw talent in Western music is that, you know, people sometimes have a passion for this, but I think in the k-pop world they can train you for this right so there's this understanding that there is a formula and if you work hard at this formula you can get some i mean you may not be the best at singing dancing producing right but they're going to give you a basic foundation to grow on and to be essentially ready to debut it's <laughs> commercialized there's a business model there's a training fundamental manual and you get there <laughs> if you do it right i think the third thing i would say about k-pop is that it's it's very visual it's like concept and aesthetic driven that appears in some western pop music i would say lady gaga is a great example of someone who has a theme goes with it like you know like born this way those types of albums they, they pick a theme and they create concepts, whether it's the, the music video or like the production and the sets and the concerts. K-pop is very, that's at the forefront, right? Like there's Girl Crush concept, there is Bubblegum Pop concept, there is Beast concept, you know, just a little bit more masculine guys. Uh-huh. I don't know. So, so there's like this is very much driven by the aesthetic. So the concept comes first and they build the music around the concept first. Whereas I think sometimes in Western pop, it's like, whatever you were feeling, you broke up, you had some, you know, difficult times, you trouble dealing with fame. And so you work through, you build your music first and then create the concept around it. You know, to your second point on like K-pop being like formulas, right? I was listening to this interview with um, Nish Kun. And he was saying that he, like Nishkun from, from 2PM. Yes, from 2PM. Right. And he was saying that he was discovered at like kind of like an outdoor like event thing mm-hmm. back when he was young you know he's got the sm look yeah <laughs> he got i mean he scouted for his looks because he like didn't know how to dance he didn't know how to sing and it's this whole idea of like you know they know that they can like produce like do the production or like manufacture it in such a way that like it would work you know they just want some like visual guy um so <laughs> which works totally and now he's like you know like a great artist. I'm curious, what are some of the formulas that you see that actually makes you really attracted to K-pop? The themes of it, right? So I have to keep using comparison so that it's easier to to have that illustration in mind, right? Say I, like I generally love Drake as an artist, but his style is very different from 2016 to Nothing Was The Same to his latest album. There is a sense that you're growing along this journey with your artist and you don't know where that's going to go. You don't know how, how he's going to take you. So there's a, there's an unknown. Whereas with K-pop, right, a group might debut with um, like a girl crush concept. Blackpink is huge. And so their concept has already been from the start, badass, untouchable, sort of like the popular girls, you know, and that's echoed throughout their music, like the types of lyrics that they have in their, in the music, the brands that they're endorsing or they're working as brand ambassadors for, the types of photo shoots, everything is in line with that aesthetic. So in, in a way, when I think about it from a commercial standpoint, right? the marketing is always consistent. Mm-hmm. Now, some people might think that stifles the artist's creativity or the, you know, the K-pop idol's creativity. But I think there's a trade-off there, right? There's a level of consistency with the messaging, with the music. And so you have a holistic brand. And so as a consumer, 
I'm very sure of what I'm buying into. And I know, okay, I'm in the mood for, you know, girl crush, anthems. I go to 21 and CL. I'm in the mood for maybe a little more Chanel, Dior type of girl crush. I go to Blackpink. So that's why, I, I mean, there's a lot of more consistency in the messaging and the marketing and just the production of the group in general that I would say with K-pop. Yeah, exactly, right? And I think when I was like doing like research on the big like record labels, they were saying that each mm-hmm. of these record labels also have very specific characteristics. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so again, I blame this on just like being the business schooly type of person. But yeah, I know what each agency's brand positioning in, what is yes. their selling point. Um, yes, tell us, tell us. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you touched a little about it with 2pm so sm is known they're very visually top tier you know the and again this is not a commentary on like beauty standards right but they recognize that there's a certain look that really appeals to the general public and allows the artists more opportunities to be recognized and loved because they look a certain way and so they've put that value and said okay if we prioritize this we have more flexibility to build skills and talents that complement it, right? So their artists are usually very visually stunning, but also well-trained in dance and synchronization. And I would say top-tier vocals. There's, you know, there's there's definitely a reputation that they've built for having some of the strongest, you know, vocals in the K-pop industry. So I'll say Taeyeon is one. Um, Jonghyun was, you know, God rest his soul. He was also a phenomenal vocalist from super junior as well you've got like amazing ballad singers like Hyun rework so there's like there's there's a lot of power they put into that reputation and so they've tried to keep that consistent yg they're known definitely to lean towards more hip-hop and so with that hip-hop imagery their artists need to be a bit more you know rule breakers and that impression of you know badass big bang completely defined that genre for for yg they built that agency um but they continued that with icon with 21 with blackpink now and they're also debuting a new girl group like second half of this year but so they've got that great repertoire of producing idols which was considered unusual for idols to have that much artistic expression and also strong i would say rappers because there's there is a bit of a stigma that oh k-pop idols aren't good rappers but they do have really great rappers and people like bobby and uh top from big bang jyp was known and i think is still known as like the queen or the king of girl groups that like girl crush or pop in the like traditional sense easy on the ears sometimes bubblegum but just that fresh sound. And Is that, that because of the and owner, you think? or He has a lot of creative input. <laughs> there has been some dragging of him on social media that he needs to take a step back because he's, he's outdated. I don't lean towards that type of music, so I just let it go. Uh-huh. But I can see why their big group now is Twice and it's considered like the biggest group in Korea. And I say uh-huh. Korea because Blackpink is international, but I do say, I think Twice does have a bigger fan base. Hmm. You know, their, their teens are catchy. They're like super smiley, friendly, sweet girls. They dance. It's energetic. It's like a little upbeat. They feel like summer. I feel like JYP is summer all the time. Uh-huh. That's the vibe I get with them. 
not to say they haven't produced like some other interesting artists but i would say the ones that diverge from that sound tend to leave a good example is sonny she's she was a member of wonder girls which was big in the early 2010 mm-hmm. um, but now she's in a different agency but whew, her stuff is definitely like more sexual more just just a little bit more expressive and you mean um, now now that yeah yeah okay yeah now she's out of jrp and she just she just definitely has she's cool but cool in the like artsy way right she reminds me of somebody who would just like go to moma for coffee with friends and then be inspired and then write a song that's yeah she reminds me of somebody who'd live in new york or something oh you know it's so interesting that you're like oh because i'm into business so i look into all of this because i did the exact (laughs) same thing I did the exact same thing and I did like all this analysis. I was like, this is so cool because it's so like structured. Mm. And like that balance between like art and business to me is very interesting because Mm -hmm. now I kind of want to talk about big hit entertainment hype Mm. now. Mm -hmm. Because of their IPO, a lot of the, the articles that I read is that big hit is very different in terms of how they treat their artists compared to Mm -hmm. these three like you know like bts has more creative input but to me it's like is that also is the way that they like kind of project to the public or is that the way it really is for one and two now that they are public what would change Mm -hmm. you know i would outline the generational gap in some of the older k-pop fans and the newer k-pop fans so professionally right i can tell that this is this is a strategic decision on big hits part or big hits subdivision because they started as a very small agency they didn't have many artists under them or many trainees right so at that point it was a collective effort to get bts to where they are now you can't afford to go it alone in that case for bang pd which is their ceo and also like the creative force also behind bts in a business sense it made practical sense to say okay we need to put all our heads together to understand what's the sound that works for you how are we going to be producing they don't have sm's pull to be able to get producers from all over the world or songwriters from all over they don't have that level of resource and that was at the beginning so that is why bts as a group started with so much creative input now unequivocally they built that company so it would be unheard of for them not to have that same level of influence at the height of the company's success. So I think there's a little bit of naivete with the younger generation where they think this is some, oh, it's a family. No, this is a business. It made practical <laughs> sense. There are shareholders in, you know, high labels now. So if they're owners of this company and they have, com- you know, complete investment in how they want this company to succeed. Now they've bought other uh, labels, like Seventeen's label, Pledis is under them. And I think... Source music is also under them, though their their main group just disbanded. G friend, do they have the same level of creative freedom? Mm, I don't think so. <laughs> you don't get to like. I'm just like you don't get to be the breadwinner and not right. make decisions. Just in the same way, Big Bang was a breadwinner in YG, and so they had a lot of creative input. So I would say the older generation is more understanding of the business implications, and this is. A marketing strategy to say, oh, my big family. So we, no, that's not true. It's not true. Exactly. That's exactly what hierarchy. I thought when, when Big Hit hype was smaller. Do you think like the type of music that came out from BTS is quite different from what it is now? Yes. Yes. In what way? Yes, in what is. way? 
my god i'm from like pre-wings era so they released their new single butter today and again this just sounds like radio play and not in a good way i don't like their newer releases it is more catered to a western audience it's all english first of all right butter was is their latest single their last one dynamite that was like topping charts all english so that's the first biggest difference we're no longer catering to to or they're no longer catering to their predominant audience which was initially korean it's an english right. western audience the sound is also distinctively different right i don't know like i was just reading the lyrics from butter and it was like you know i got it from my mama you don't need no usher to tell you that you you want it bad that's cute but what happened to i don't know like way in 52 that song was about the loneliest animal in the planet because this whale is the only one who has that frequency in the ocean and so talking about loneliness there's there's definitely a nostalgia for when i thought their music was more personal and again look the bts is now worldwide i cannot expect them to be trying to cater to my mood swings so, <laughs> i'm gonna get that pop music get that world domination and if it introduces people because the earlier stuff is still the earlier stuff um mm -hmm. it's already still bts so mm -hmm. the sound is different but i understand the reason the sound is different we can dive into a little bit of their relics right maybe you can mm -hmm. talk about like some of the songs that you like how relatable it was to your experience or how it got you through some of you know tough times so i mean i will let your listeners and viewers know i do not speak korean so no, I didn't understand what they were saying in the beginning. I mean, personally, like RM and Sugar produce a lot of their music and they have, in my personal opinion, a deep and very clear passion for the music. So the sound that they want goes so well, so cohesively with what they're trying to express in and of that moment. Their styles of rapping are different because RM and Sugar are both different rappers, but I would say in general, I tend to lean towards RM songs. And I think he's very introspective because he's had a lot of struggles as the leader of the group. And initially the group was built around him. So I think he took it very personally, his position and responsibility, fame, or the pressures of fame, or the pressures to succeed actually. Those are common themes in his music. Also mental health, right? That weighs down on you. And I will say from the society he's coming from, like current society is undoubtedly very competitive. Um, he also took the less traveled route. He scored very highly. And in his examples, always a model student, right? So, but music doesn't seem like the path that he would go. That is very clear in his mind as to I'm doing something out of the ordinary that I could really fail at because this is a very small unknown company. I'm not, you know, I'm not the, the number one producer or anything. Like I'm really pushing for this to succeed. So I think that level of responsibility pushed him to mature very quickly and it shows in his lyrics. One of my favorite songs from them is a little less known, but it's called Sea. To me, what it meant was that look, the sea, the ocean, they're all the, or the desert, they're all the same, right? And I think figuratively what he meant for the desert was that they were struggling to get to success at the beginning. Like everything just felt empty. They weren't getting wins on music shows. They, I think they didn't get a win until like two years into their debut. Meanwhile, groups like Blackpink are like 15 days, they debut, boom, you get an award. You know, so it's, 
and they're not coming from a big so you can you can definitely see that sort of oh is this the right choice this feels like an emptiness that i'm trying to get to turn into an oasis then you fast forward five years they're on top of the world and it just seems this is so vast their success is immense but there's still that level of uncertainty there's nothing that's telling them oh i precisely did this one two three things boom i was successful you know and i think it shows that they don't take it for granted that they're somehow the most amazing the best singers the best rapper they're not the superlative of anything that guaranteed their success from my perspective as an individual i relate to that right we're we've had very great educational backgrounds and great opportunities professionally right but so have a lot of people where, you know, we were surrounded by, you know, by smart people in business school and each person has a lot to bring to the table. And so you're challenged in that way. So what makes you special, right? What makes you the zhuzh <laughs> that should be picked? <laughs> and so you realize there's a lot of luck in that. And I think that's what I could relate to him with. And also that responsibility, like he's Korean, yes, but in Nigeria, the same competition reigns in that kind of society where you need to be the best at or at least push yourself to be the best at it so in that way those were things i related to right there was a level of maturity in his lyrics that even though i didn't understand the language the harmony brought those emotions and then reading the lyrics it solidified ah that epiphany like i get it i see what you're saying and it's like the sea the desert it's all the same it's all the same don't get it twisted. The world, everything feels like that. It's a cycle, but don't get bogged down by the highs and the lows. Just the thing that stays consistent is yourself. So, I mean, that's, I thought that was, that's a lot of depth in my, in right. my view. So I really liked that, that way he's able to communicate that through what some people would consider usually a genre of sugar pop. and and like what you just said right it's very universal too to me i'm just so surprised that Mm. bands like or groups like bts and blackpink or Mm k-pop in general that they can attract international fans Mm. of course it's like a very specific business decisions that Mm. they go for for foreign markets do you think it's it's produced in a way now, both in the lyrics and the music and everything, that it's more connected to the Western audience more than mm. the Koreans? Or to, to me, to say it's universal is kind of hard because there's like nothing that could fit, you know, everyone. Everyone. Yeah, no, 100%. I agree with you. I don't think it's universal. The rise of K-pop is a combination of a number of factors. And a big one is sort of, I would say, like ecosystem readiness, right? The... Landscape for music distribution had opened up with streaming platforms. So it's more accessible music from Japan, from Korea, from, from you know, Colombia. I can get to that. It doesn't matter where it is. I don't have to listen on the radio to know what's popular. So that in and of itself is a catalyst for them to access a huge demographic of people. The part that I would say was a little bit universal is, yes, music touches all cultures. You don't necessarily have to speak the same language to evoke a feeling with melody. They capitalized on that by using themes that were, I would say, everyone agrees, love yourself is a good thing. So that was a huge narrative in some of their previous albums. And the third piece, which is the most important piece, they have a member that speaks English. It's a lot easier. It's a lot 
We can call it anglophone arrogance. English-speaking world <laughs> assumes everyone should speak English. I agree it's an arrogance. But the fact that they had RM really be comfortable in the language and be unafraid to communicate with it helped a huge deal. A huge right. deal. Right. I don't know if any other group can succeed if they don't have a member that doesn't speak English. And the pattern has followed with all the other groups. None of the other groups that have debuted after them that are looking for world domination haven't, you know, they, they all have not international members, whether it's from the Southeast Asian market, which that's a whole other thing about how they structure their groups for that. Um, but right. English speaking is a huge plus. So you could be like maybe the worst in your trainee auditions where it's like, I speak English. Okay. We'll give you a sh- It's all well thought out. Sometimes I'm just like, wow. I mean, yeah, this whole like K-pop industry, the more I learn, the more I'm like, wow, you guys are mm. good. <laughs> you guys are real good. <laughs> this is why I like it too. I'm like, y'all, this is, this is, these are some good business models. How can we use this? <laughs> I know, exactly, exactly. Speaking, speaking on that point, right? BTS makes up like 90% of Hype revenue. That's so risky. And I know like now that they went public, they bought, you know, all these companies, tried to diversify. What do you think about how easily it would be for them to fo- follow some type of formula to come up with another BTS? No, impossible. They don't even know what that... I think that's the thing about BTS is if you asked Bang PD... What what is your fault? He there were, it's there are too many variables that were out of his control that made BTS successful. The chemistry between the members, the fact that there is the precise balance that everyone is talented in their own way but does not shine enough solo. Like they do well solo, but there's there's a level of cohesiveness, and that is very hard to find because in groups that you try to put together with that much star power. There's often somebody that like shines more than the other. In sync, we got the Justin Timberlake, the Backstreet Boys. Nick was like the the more popular one at the be- he's not like the best singer of all. So so there's always that dynamic. And even with K-pop groups like Blackpink, there's a clear disparity with Jenny's popularity and you know. So there's and Lisa is just there is that dynamic. <laughs> but in BTS, even though some members are like very popular. Uh-huh. The others are not too far behind, and they also balance each other now in how well they excel in certain areas. It's very like I don't think he had that level of precision and foresight at the time he put it together. Plus, how would he have known that this was the right time to be talking about mental health themes? No, because I don't think Korea is like there yeah, yet. Yeah, but it just you know a lot of it's luck just, too. You know, kind of baked into all of that. So that's it's, why I don't think he could replicate it. I have never listened to any of TXT songs. How are they compared to BTS? <laughs> I think my face gave it away. <laughs> I mean, I've heard them once or twice, but like, I don't know. Like this just seems this different is level. It's yeah. It's this is, look. The competition is cutthroat for the fourth generation. They do well sales wise, and you know that's an important mark of success. But as a casual listener. I cannot tell you a single song off the top of my head. Is that a good thing? I know that they're in BTS's company and that helps. But mm. 
Right. Some people love them though, but I'm just like, I don't know. Maybe I'm getting too old. <laughs> What's your take on the whole BTS um, going to military thing? That whole controversy. Oh, I'm not. So, this is where I respect myself. I'm like, I'm not Korean. I don't want to interfere in national defense questions. <laughs> okay, but on a serious note, I, I mean, they, their contributions to the Korean economy are so appreciated mm-hmm. that their parliament was willing to give them an exception. I think they recognized the complicated optics of that. It could look like, oh, you know, we're, we are agreeing that we're an exception. So from what I understand, they're saying, oh, no, there's no need to exempt us. There are some rumors that they may all enlist together. I think they need to they need to go through it carefully because I understand that you know, military service is a very touchy subject. So I, I want them to make the best decision for for their for their careers, but also so that they don't forget, like you're Korean at the end of the day. So don't isolate your don't right. isolate your peeps. But if you really think about like in terms of business, a lot of K drama mm. actors when they come out of their military service, mm-hmm. the first show or movie that they do are usually one of the most like popular. Ah. And I really think that it's because the fans have been waiting for so long and then mm-hmm. they pick a really good, like make a really good decisions on what show they go on and then it's just like, boom, you know. I agree. But, yeah, it's kind of like that like pent up waiting period for all the fans. Yeah. yeah. I know what you mean. I, I think there, there's definitely that element. You need to capitalize on the expectation. Because if you don't, if you pick a bad project, it's like, oh, okay, maybe yeah. I didn't miss you that much. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I know we have talked a little bit on business side of BTS. For someone who doesn't really know BTS, maybe we can talk more mm-hmm. about the band. If we're at a dinner party mm-hmm. with BTS members, and you have to introduce each of them. They're there too. And you want to introduce each of them. Give like interesting facts. Okay, disclaimer to armies watching. Do not kill me. We're not. <laughs> this is not meaning that they're just boiled down to a few adjectives. I'm just saying this for the armies. Because I know how you all get. Mm. So. Sugar. Um, Ming Yoongi. He, he would probably tend to be quiet. So it might be a, a bit harder to engage him in conversation. But I think he's very sharp. In, in, in a sense, both in his... Like, he's witty. That's what I mean by sharp. So he may not respond to everything that you say, but his responses, I think, would tend to be more on the iconic side. He doesn't do well with BS. So I would say, don't try and suck up to him. I don't think that would work. Be fun, be smart, but also be willing to cut to the chase. RM, he seems more philosophical. I feel like you would have a conversation with him over real-world issues. What's your place, like how he feels his contribution and his impact? Maybe his shortcomings as well and your shortcomings and how that relates to your sense of self. You know, big picture conversations with him. Jimin, I do love him. He's very sweet. I think he's a, he's a very expressive person. He's one of those types of people that if you click with him, if you're very authentic and he clicks with you, you would have a heart to heart. Like he, you and him might share things. You're like, oh shit, this, I just met this person five minutes ago. He, he seems like the type. Um, that really connects with people on an emotional level. With V, Taehyung, a lot of people have felt that he's been so different from his debut days, which makes sense. I don't think you can be the same. 
I don't have a strong grasp of his current persona because I think he's more private now. But I would say it's probably similar to Sugar. Don't try and suck up and don't BS him. Aim for lighter com- stuff, conversation that makes him laugh. I think he would benefit from levity. The oldest, Jin. Jin is a funny one. He's He doesn't take himself too seriously and I don't think that has changed much. Not to say that the you know he's not a deep person, he is. But I think he balances the group out in that sense where his age and his manner of interaction are not the same. <laughs> yeah. So he's definitely the one that would probably help break the ice. Regardless uh-huh. if you guys don't even speak Korean. Just like help you to feel more comfortable. And I think in turn, a good way to repay that in the conversation is to be comfortable making fun of yourself. You know, mm-hmm. If there's a joke cracked, you're going to be like, oh, same. I've been struggling <laughs> to get your tickets. But you guys just be too popular. Jungkook, he's the, he's like, the heartthrob. I mean, I just can't, I can't help. I'm like, this boy is still, in my mind, he's still the young one. I mean, he's matured and all that. He's good at lots of things and he has a lot of interests. I would say, talk to him about his interests. He's, he's the one of the group members that doesn't just settle for one thing. Be comfortable talking about photography, about production and design, but also tumbling and gymnastics. So he, He's the kind of person that would be engaged on conversations about hobbies and trying new things. I feel like that, I should have place cards. <laughs> oh God, please, if I... I don't think I missed anyone. I think I went through all seven. Wait, who is J-Hope? Is it one of the people Shh. already? Let's edit this part. <laughs> Let's edit this. I knew please don't come for me. I did not forget him. Okay, so J-Hope. Okay, now, the... Persona he plays in the group is like happy-go-lucky, funny guy, like blah, 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 blah. I think that's just his persona in the group. If anything, I think he's the most, and I hate to say this because I did this as well, people don't know enough about his real personality. So I would say in a dinner conversation, ask him about himself. Deep personal questions. So focus the conversation on getting to know him, also making him the center because He's very gracious, I think, in the way he balances his own abilities in the group. He he really gels well. Like he doesn't. He's an amazing dancer, the best in the group. Also, love his rap style, even though he didn't initially start off as a rapper, and can actually sing. But he never. He like manages his ability so it feels more seamless for the group. So in my mind, that seems to me that he's so good at balancing everyone out. So I would say. One thing that would possibly endear you to him in the dinner is like, I want to know about you, J-Hope. Tell me about, like, I just, <laughs> I'm invested in the you. But again, you Armin, are, please don't yeah. hate me. You <laughs> <laughs> are. if you can have dinner with one of them, who would it be? And what would you want to talk about? Um, I think for sure, Aram. For yeah. sure, Aram. I don't think I'll even need to think I don't think I need to think about the question. I think he understands both the commercial and artistic aspects of being a musician of his caliber. So I would be curious to see where he goes from there. As far as I know, they want to stay together as a group. But I want to understand their future plans and also carving out space for their individualism. They're getting older. There's no way that level of independence hasn't crossed their mind. But it will be a very fine balance to not 
allow individual activities over shine or take away from the group like how do you keep that brand cohesive build out your individual careers still maintain that level of success and even if you're not maintaining like superstardom right but i i would assume and hope that they're also aiming to be as relevant as they are so they need to be versatile they need to be reinventing themselves so i want to have a deeper conversation on that and also from a business side do they see themselves branching out into other other things like that they're leading rihanna is a fun artist but she's clearly an excellent businesswoman is that something that they would venture into um and not as you know as a partnership with a brand which they have lots of endorsement but right other commercial activities um that are suited to each member do you know what you probably know but what army stands for Oh, does it? I just I thought it was because when they started it was Bangtan Sonidan, so bulletproof Boy Scouts. So we are their army, right? So so A R M I does it? Does it stand for something? A R M I. It stands for um, wait, let's see. It stands for adorable represent representation. Wait, representative. Oh my goodness! It's like pretty cute. Um, I'm an adorable representative of the monster school. <laughs> Ador- oh yeah, Ador- <laughs> adorable <laughs> representative MC for youth. Ah, uh, you see, this is why branding and rebranding is such a great thing. This is how we moved <laughs> from Bulletproof Boy Scouts to BTS. Uh huh. Now BTS. So our army name is now Slick. It just means <laughs> army. Like we are the force behind the superpower. We don't want to remember the adorable representatives of MC youth. <laughs> that was not what I thought of myself when I was army. I was just like, yeah, yes, yeah. BTS, army. I'll tell a funny story. When my older sister was pregnant, I would forcefully, well, she allowed me, but I would literally just place my speakers beside her womb so that they would come out as army. I asked for BTS to be on the plane during labor. One of the first things those newborns watched was the historic performance of BTS at the Billboard Music Awards. When you were in the womb, this great song came out. <laughs> you were listening to it before. I was like, Auntie, I've never heard of it before. No, you have. I know you have. You are. Uh, so like for someone like me, right, who just really got mm-hmm. into this whole Hollywood, K-pop, K-dramas. As someone who has been around... You know, who has once been an army. A veteran. <laughs> yes. Give us, I guess, a little introduction into the world of K-pop. Know your sound. What are the sounds that you're interested in? And that will serve as your trail of cookie crumbs. Again, like, I knew I liked hip-hop and R&B. So I started from there. And the earlier sound was influenced by hip-hop so that was an easy trail so i would say figure out what type of music do you already listen to and the sounds or the mood you're trying to also tap into that's really helpful i think the second piece i would say is i generally don't discriminate against the artists i listen to i love i think sometimes people feel the need to only listen to what they think fits their profile or their demographic. Like if I'm a you know, black female, there's a certain type of sound I should listen to. Throw all that out the window and be open-minded in your music because you can find artists that speak to you that you would not have expected. So if you're coming into K-pop and other forms of music with that open mind, you'll find things that you like. When I'm in an upbeat mood, 
I listened to Twice's Likey because I know me likey likey. That's <laughs> great. That makes me like feel fresh and ready to get on that treadmill. If I'm in a more, you know what, people at work are giving me a hard time. They don't know that I'm a boss. I need to put some Jesse on to remind them that I'm a different kind of beast. So it's it's really like think of a mood. Because you know how we're saying that K-pop definitely follows like a concept and it's driven by a narrative. So you will find groups or songs that are speaking to that concept in and in like in that time. Other groups that I really liked, I'll say more soloists. CL is one that I really loved. With younger groups, I liked GOT7 because some of the members were really funny. Bam Bam is hella funny. He's, He's so Thai. Funny. He's yeah, he is the prince of Thailand. But with Got Seven, I really like mm-hmm. um Jackson Wang. I think yes. his personality is just amazing. like just so fun, you know? He is. And just like very, very charismatic. That's it. He's so charismatic and I think he he really puts a lot he's trying really hard in his music career. He he's very open to collaborations. Right. And he's very international, you know? And yeah. the fact that, like you said before, he can speak English fluently. Okay, I think that's pretty much it for this episode. Yuwa, can you tell us how much fun you just had? <laughs> I had so much fun. So viewers listening, like, subscribe, set the notifications, ring. <laughs> um, but no, this was great. <laughs> Thank you so much. I think... Um, yeah. There is definitely a lot of newness to K-pop, especially from a Western audience. Demystifying it in any little way helps. That is just, mm-hmm. it's music. It's music of any kind. And being open-minded to, to experiencing new types of music, I think also is a great learning experience just in your everyday life. Prior to 2015, 2016, did I know anything about Korea? No, but again, you learn because the artists that you like are from there. It inspires you to want to travel more, explore more. So it's it it really is an eye opening experience that I recommend to everyone. So try new yeah. music. Well, thank you so much, you. Uh, thank you so much for being with us today. If you like what you just heard, please consider subscribing to this podcast and the YouTube channel and review and do whatever you do to be a part of this community. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.